Get yourself a blue hymnal, if you will. And we're going to sing uh, number 272. 272. Sing out with me. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not Y'all be glad when cold and flu season's over? I think it ends in March. <laughs> uh, number 464. Let's sing out. Upon the 
stand if you can. 292.
Amen. Please do be seated. Well, look around. We got a lot of people traveling, a lot of people sick. So let's do uh, pray for them and pray the Lord to get us all back together real soon. Uh, just a couple of announcements is uh, the parade is uh, next Saturday. It starts at 11 o'clock. We're going to get together about 10. If you guys ever been in a parade, you know it takes a minute to get organized and find your place and everything like that. They haven't told me what number we are yet, but as soon as I get that information, we'll let everybody know. Um, and uh, so we're all registered, and uh, uh, they should be sending that out, I would think. So, pardon me? We're going to meet at the red truck whenever I figure where that's going to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me say this. Guys, we're representing the church, so we don't have to come in business suits or anything, but let's uh, dress appropriately and, and uh, do something to honor the Lord. And, and uh, we're going to have opportunity to hand out gospel tracts with uh, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So they're going to read these tracts. <laughs> But uh, some people are going to get together and put them all together for us on Tuesday. Uh, if you'd like to ask about that, I think they got enough help. But if you'd like to ask about that, you can talk to Miss Sandy, and, and uh, they'll be glad to put you to work. And uh, we got, uh, I'm sure we got enough for everybody, and we might even have enough for you all to sneak one. I have yet to sneak one. Anyhow, you guys don't sneak candy at your house? You just take it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I bought it, I'll eat it. <laughs> uh, let me say this, that uh, Mindy and I will be going to the, um, the pastor's marriage couple, marriage retreat this week in uh, Branson. And so please do be in prayer for us. Pray for a time of refreshing and encouragement. Help us. My prayer is always to be a blessing and to be blessed. And so I want to be an encouragement to those around us. Um, but be in prayer for Brother Jimmy. He'll be preaching Wednesday night. And, and uh, Brother Reese will be, uh, you are a brother, right? Yes, All right, good deal. Brother Reese is uh, uh, going to be leading the singing for us, so pray for that. If you notice, these young men, are, they're in the Civil Air Patrol. They're wearing their, their blue uniform for you all today. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we're encouraged about the Civil Air Patrol is they do. Uh, this is their idea. The Civil Air Patrol asks that once a year you go to church and wear your uniform and to let people know. Uh, and so... We do uh, praise the Lord for that. And so, um, am I forgetting anything? Am I forgetting anything? Oh, you have an activity next Saturday. You got all that covered. Okay. Everybody remember that and the time and the place. And Lord willing, I'll try to be there if that's all right. And then next Sunday, all the kids from campus back Next Sunday? Yeah. Okay. And everybody knows about that, the caroling between services next week. And so, please do remember that. We will be having a fellowship Sunday for our Christmas program on the 17th, so that means we'll have a morning service. To be honest with you, the way it's looking song-wise, unless you guys let me know more music, we're probably going to have a few specials and sing some congregationals, and then I'll just preach a short message, and, and uh, we'll have that for the 17th, then we'll have a time of fellowship, early afternoon service, and we'll go home. And I haven't talked to the men yet, but I, I don't believe there'd be any um, problem with this. Um, uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve is on Sunday this year, and um, 
I'm of a mind um, to not have a Christmas Eve evening service so that people can be with their families. Um, but we will be having uh, an after fellowship on New Year's Eve. Uh, bring some leftover treats and food, and, and we'll play some games and have a good time of fellowship on, uh, on, on New Year's Eve. So if you have any questions about that, just ask me. Okay. All right. Anybody else? All right. We're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings if our men will come to receive those. Brother Wade, if you'd ask the Lord's blessing, please. Dearly, Father, so blessed be in your house on this beautiful Sunday morning, Lord. Lord, just pray for all those who can't be with us today, Lord. Just be with those who are sick and traveling, Lord. Lord, uh, just ask you to be with Pastor as he delivers uh, his message today, Lord. Yes. Lord, we're just so thankful for our freedoms. Continue yes. to pray for Israel, Lord. We just love you with all our hearts. Amen. Oh 
Thank you. Very good. <clears throat> Amen. Well, the Christmas season is uh, a time when we do think about the birth of Christ. And um, I kind of want to have been focusing on this year people that you really wouldn't associate with Christmas and, and looking for Christ. You, know, you have opportunity to preach about Christmas for 30 years and and uh, I, I, I do like to try to keep it fresh, so it's not the same thing every time. But uh, we looked last week, if you will, at uh, the woman at the well and uh, how the, she was looking for a Messiah, and she was. And she got to meet him one day, and uh, he offered her a drink of water when uh, she thought he was going to ask for one. And uh, she received it. You know, the Bible tells us that, uh, you know, that... Uh, about salvation, she, she trusted Christ right there. She had a well springing up in her unto everlasting life. Amen. And I pray if you're here today and you know, uh, don't know Christ, that today would be a day of salvation. But help us to realize this. The sad truth is, is that we live in a world where Christmas is more about marketing and sales and getting the business right. I don't know how many of you all know what Black Friday means. Does anybody know what Black Friday means? Okay, Black Friday basically is a business term, meaning that you made so much money on that day that the books went into the black on that day for the year. Rather than being in deficit, you're now in the black. And uh, so that's where Black Friday comes from. And so it just tells you what their focus and their emphasis is. It's on business. I mean, they're telling you right up front. And really, the sad truth is, is that we live in a world full of people that you really wouldn't suspect, but they really are looking for Jesus. Amen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, Samaritan women at the well that uh, if we could just have that appointment to go and have opportunity to tell them about Jesus, they're not looking for a present, they're looking for a relationship, amen? And would to God that, uh, uh, that we would be able to facilitate that, be used to God to do that. But you know, in Psalm chapter 19, I, I, this is not my text, my text is going to be in Matthew chapter 2. But uh, by way of introduction, if you want to go with me too, in Psalm, I'll, I'll just read it. In Psalm chapter 19, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter his speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. And in a sense, what he's saying is, and and we'll look at this here in a moment, but God has taken, he's made his creation, he's made his sun, moon, and his stars. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament, the expanse where the stars are, uh, declares his glory, if you will. And so there's more people looking for a Savior than we realize. You know, a lot of times we just think, well, only people in Christian homes or Christian countries or where there's a Christian missionary, they're looking for a Savior. But I, I want you to think about this. The, the Ethiopian eunuch, he wasn't from any of those places. I mean, he was from a dark continent. He was from Africa, if you will. And the dark continent has to do with the gospel not being there, folks. It's not, it had nothing to do with the color of skin. And, and if you will, they, 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 he came and, and, and he was seeking and, and praised the Lord. The Lord found him and met him on that road, amen. He learned about Jesus Christ and that man came lost and went home saved. Praise God. 
And when I think about Christmas and I think about people like that, I think about the wise men. I just, uh, I, to me, the wise men are the most abused of all the, uh, of all the people involved with the Christmas story because they, they uh, quite often, I think, were Baptist enough to know that they really don't get the story right. Uh, having said that, it really doesn't matter. You know what really matters? That Jesus Christ was born. Having said that, there are some things that we can learn from the wise men today, and that's what I want to do. I want to take and I want to learn from the wise men who came from the east seeking a savior, if you will. I, I want you to, I want us to, in a sense, the, 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 the impetus behind these messages is that we might expand our vision, that we might look for people that we don't think are looking for Christ, but just a word of, of gospel, a, a, a moment of care and compassion might make all the difference in the world from somebody we think that they're, 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 not, they're not looking, they don't care. Well, no man knows a man's heart except for the Lord, amen? And there is no accidents where we end up in life and the people that we cross paths with. I, I got to just ask this. Anybody of you all ever get irritated because people are in your way? Good, I'm not the only one, especially this time of year. Thank you. Can I just tell you this? God puts me under conviction all the time saying I put them in the way on purpose. It's good to remember that. Good to remember that. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It's a familiar account, but the Bible says in verse 1, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father, we love you. We thank you for the, the scriptures. We thank you for the opportunity to know and to understand these things. And Father, we just pray that you would uh, just give us that ability by your Holy Spirit. We pray for all those who are apart from us today. Father, some need safety as they travel. We just pray, Lord, that you would do that, just to uh, protect them. And Father, we pray for those who are, are sick and cannot be here. We just put, put your healing hand upon them. Be with the doctors who are treating and, and, and be with their bodies as they recover. Father, do uh, be with your people, the children of Israel. Father, as much as the peace that we desire for them, Father, I pray that you would open their eyes and that they would see you for the Messiah and the Savior that you are before it's eternally too late. 
And Father, we just pray that everything done today would be done for your glory and honor. We ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, uh, there's a lot of clues in here about who and when and where uh, these men are. To be honest with you, the sad it's so incomplete that you can kind of fill in the gaps and you can almost make them anything that you want to. We assumed that there were three wise men, but we only assume that because they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's the only reason we know that. I've actually done a little study on the wise men, and it's very possible that these were very powerful men from Persia. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, but it's, it's possible that they were kingmakers, okay? They're, they're, they were playing politics. There was a reason why that they wanted to meet the one who was born king of the Jews, okay? Uh, that's the reason that Herod was so upset about it. He was an illegitimate holder of the throne, and he knew it, amen, and so that's why he was so troubled about the whole thing, and uh, if you ever want to study it, it's a very interesting study to see that. Others believe that they came from a different place, and that's kind of what I want to take and, and talk about here today, is, is basically, the Bible says in verse 1, that they came from the east, and so that's essentially what they know. Now, I printed out maps, but I just printed these out for my study. If you want to see them later, you're more than welcome to take them to uh, come up and look at them. But I, I do have maps, but I don't know if you know anything about the geography of, uh, of Jerusalem. And uh, we'll talk about this here a little bit, but all directions in the Bible are referenced on Jerusalem, okay? By and large, even today they are, because you have the, you have the west and the east, and the west and the east pretty much divides at Jerusalem, okay? East is everything east of Jerusalem. The west is everything west of Jerusalem. And that's, that applies even to this day, okay? Today they call that the Middle East, okay? Meaning it's in the very middle, okay, at, at that eastern border, if you will. And uh, uh, the other thing, the other clue, whenever you're studying your Bible, whenever it talks about them going up, it won't tell you, uh, even the city sometimes, but if they're going up, that means they're going towards Jerusalem. And if the Bible says they're coming down, that means they're leaving Jerusalem. Okay, that's how that you know that. Uh, of course, uh, Jerusalem is Zion, Mount Zion. It's on a hill, and so you do have to ascend to get there and descend to leave, and so it makes sense. But uh, God is very consistent about using that in his Bible whenever you're studying. You say, well, how are they going? What direction? Well, they came up and they came down, and then you just figure out what city they're going to, and you can figure all that stuff out. And so, if you will, the other thing is it says that they came east. Well, I don't know if anybody knows what's east of Jerusalem, but you go east far enough and you run into the Arabian Desert, okay? Saudi Arabia. And it, it, uh, you guys, uh, we talked about that this morning a little bit, but... Uh, by the way, I would love to see the Sahara, the, any desert. Anybody ever seen one? Nobody. The, well, you did. Was you in the desert itself, or just? I guess you probably were close, weren't you? Am I sand dunes? Am I describing it right? There's sand everywhere. You can't get it out of your clothes. Can't get it out of your teeth. You're still shaking it out of boots that you owned 20 years ago, right? 10 years ago. But uh, the whole point is this: is uh, yeah, that's the way that it is east of Jerusalem. And so the, the thing about it is when it says that they came from the east, it literally means this. They either came from the northeast or they came from the southeast. Because you can't come due east, okay? It's just desert. Only Bedouins and nomads, uh, uh, caravans, those type of things could actually come through uh, due east, okay? Well, why is that important? Well, the reason that is important 
is because it, 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 it helps you to determine what nations they could have come from. Now, there is strong evidence that if they came from the south, that they came from these different nations here. And I, 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 like I said, I got this map here. But uh, you got the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Edomites. You guys all understand that? And uh, there's promises to all those people. By the way, the Midianites, that'll be an important group of people. Remember the Midianites, that was Saudi Arabia. That's where Moses has Mount Sinai and, and, and Mount Horeb. We looked at that uh, here this morning in Sunday school. And so a lot of the promises and the covenanted people and the, and the people of the book, if you will, a lot of them, when they came from the east, they would come up from the southeast, okay? Well, the people who came, if they came from the north, would have been from the northeast. That would have ever been Babylon or Persia, okay? Babylon or Persia. And that's significant to know that, too, because you say, well, where did these wise men come? Uh, the best evidence to me, to me, they could have come from any of those places, okay? But because they were called magi, you guys ever heard the term magi? And that's where we get our word magistrate, okay? And so the magis were the magistrates. They were the government officials. They were the kingmakers. They were the diplomats, okay? That's who these people were. And so I prefer to, to believe that they probably came from Persia, though many people believe they came from the Saudi Arabia area, okay? You know what the big answer on that is? We don't know. You know what we do know? They showed up. <laughs> Oh, with me, okay. I only give you that by, by way of just understanding here a little bit. Now, I want you to think about this here. The Bible says that they saw the star in the east, okay? This is significant. Look what it says again in verse 2. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. And, and so, if you will, it's interesting to me that, if you will, the high priest and uh, even the king excuse me, the king himself, wasn't looking for that same star, okay? But the Bible says that they were looking for it in the east, all right? And I will tell you that there's reasons to believe that they were probably looking in Babylon, Persia, the northeast, and it's also very possible that they were looking from Midian in the southeast, okay? Well, I'll, I'll show you that here in just a little bit. But it's interesting to me that... Um, that uh, that this is a reasonable thing, saying, hey, we're, look, we're looking for a star. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14 that the reason that he put the sun, the moon, and the stars was for signs and for seasons, if you will. And so God said from the beginning, I put stars up there uh, for people to take and, and to know things, okay? Now, how many of y'all know if, if, if all of a sudden we had a big bright star out there, you would go, oh, that's what that means. Good. <laughs> you probably shouldn't. Why? You got a different set of facts. You got a different source of knowledge. Okay. Having said that, is there's any less legitimate? No, God said, I give the sun, moon, and the stars for signs and for seasons. Y'all with me? And we're going to see that they probably had a reason to be looking for a certain star. Why? That was the revelation given to them. What did I read as the introduction? Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament his handiwork. Day unto day utter a speech. And I want you to know there are people in this world that can take and can look up at the sky and they know what they're looking at. They know what it means. They know what to plan for. They, they know whether they should plant crops. They know if something's coming. You guys all understand that? We look out there and we go, man, those are nice. Where's the Big Dipper? There it is. No, that's it. No, 
you know there's way too many Big Dippers up there. Am I the only one? <laughs> I can never find the Big Dipper. You know where it is? Well, good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> My house, that's a street light. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, the reason that's significant is this, is guys, I want you to think about this. Anybody here ever work on your car? And I want you to know that uh, there's, there's different ways of working on a car. And one way is this, is you can be an engineer and, and, or a technician. And you ever seen some of those guys, they'll take a computer and they'll just plug that thing in and they'll say, well, you, got, you need uh, this part and they'll take and they'll replace that and then they'll charge you $150 an hour labor. Hey, man, you guys ever, you guys, not exaggerating. <laughs> okay. And, and, and so my whole point is this, the technician, wow, how did he work on that car? Uh, yeah, cool. I'm a mechanic. I am. I, I'm a trained mechanic. Now, I'm a weapons mechanic, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm a trained mechanic. And, and I will tell you this, that sometimes just by experience, okay, uh, Brother Allen and I, we're, we're kind of old school mechanics, and, and there's a couple ways that we can work on a car. We can stand out front, and we can put our, uh, our, our hands in our pockets and say, well, start it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? And then somebody say, somebody go get me a broom. Alan's shaking his head. Why? Because you got to... That's right there. Okay? Mechanic. Use different tools to diagnose the same thing. Any, any shade tree mechanics here? What I mean is you don't want to pay $150 an hour labor to have your car worked on. Okay? Here's what you do. Ugh. It, it might be the starter. So you go and you buy the starter and you plug it in. No, it wasn't the starter. Well, maybe it's the alternator. And you go buy an alternator and you put it in. No, it wasn't the alternator. And then you go and you look in the fuse box. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Trial and error. Does it all get the car fixed? It does. Get a hold of this, folks. God gives us all different ways of knowing and understanding, okay? And a technician, he's got his training, he's got his computer, boom, I can tell you right off. A mechanic, he's got his experience, and I tell you, the other guy, he's got his trial and error. Can I tell you that people in this world come to God the same way? I want you to know some come through direct reasoning. The Bible, they take and they get in the scriptures and they study and they, they take and somebody gives them the opportunity to know and boy, I'm going to see this for myself. And boy, they, they take and by reasoning of the scriptures, they come and they say, Jesus is the Christ, I'm convinced. The Bible says that they would reason and open and allege, and, and, and if you will, they're, they're basically talking about Gentiles that said, well, we didn't know anything about God or anything, but you've, you've shown us through reasoning, and it makes sense to us, and we're going to trust Christ. Amen. How many of y'all came to the Lord like that? I, I, some? Some? Any of y'all come because somebody gave you a gospel tract, and they said, uh, Jesus is the Lord, and you had enough background to say, well, there is a God. And, and Jesus is the Savior, and I'm a sinner. You know what? I, I, I've heard that. I've heard that, and I've been under conviction before. And somebody says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you go, oh, man, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get saved. Amen.
And so if you will, some people, they, it's because of their reasoning. They, 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 they take and they understand this book and they, and they say, now I'm convinced. I've seen it for myself. And other people say, well, because you told me. Amen. And can I tell you, there's some other people, they try this and they try that. And they try that, and they say, well, alcohol didn't work, and relationships didn't work, and my job didn't work. Come on now. Amen. And they, say, they come up to somebody someday, and they say, this is working for you. What is it? And they say, well, it's Jesus, and I'm, I'm going to try that too. And they try out, and they come, and they see, and they see that the Lord, he is good. And they come to the Lord that same way. Folks, get this and get, understand this. There is only one way to the Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by. But folks, you can come to Jesus a whole bunch of ways. Y'all understand that? Some of you were raised in church, and, and, and my t- I was raised outside of church, amen? I, I, I came a different way, amen? And I've seen people try the trial and error method, and boy, they make their lives a mess until they finally, if you will, try Jesus. Now, don't make that more than I'm saying, okay? I'm just saying, folks, there's a lot of ways to get to the right place. Did the wise man get to the right place? And you know, some of those people in Jerusalem say, well, you, you can't know where the Messiah is by looking at a star, <laughs> right? And they said, well, we just did. Why? Because we met him, talked to his mom and his dad. How, how did you know the address? The star stood right over their house. How many of y'all believe that's true? And we believe for a different reason. The Bible told us so, and we believe the Bible's true. Amen. I will tell you this, that God can use a lot of things to get a person to the same place. And the Bible says that there's no place on earth where a man can get away from the revelation that there is a God. We know this, that the Holy Spirit sent to convict us of sin and of judgment to come. And people can begin to search, and if they have a heart to believe, how many of y'all, God will get them to the right place? There's just no doubt. You see, if you will, that they came from the east, amen? And uh, if you will, we also see, uh, if you will, that they came from the east, But then I want you to see, if you will, the first promise or the prophecy that they should have been looking for a star. Go to Numbers chapter 24. Now some people would question this. I I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I will say this. A lot of people question a lot of things, to be honest with you. I'm kind of, if the Bible says it, it's true type of guy. How about you? Amen. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, the Bible says this. And this is a prophecy of Balaam. He's given it, if you will, to a a Moabite king. And the Bible says, I shall see him, but not now. All right, this is a prophecy. He doesn't even know what he's prophesying, folks. But he's saying this, and we can look back at it now and go, wow, look at this. He says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. You know what he's saying? He's saying, there is somebody coming. And we know that from the beginning. Listen, Eve was looking for a seed. Amen. Amen. And so he's talking, we shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. It's not going to be soon. Okay. How long is it going to be? You know, well, it's, it'll be at the right time, at the right place. Amen. 
And the Bible says, And there shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy the children of Sheth. And by the way, that's talking about the Midian, all those people from the southeast. Okay, it's talking about the people from the southeast. But he says, There is coming a star. Amen. That, could, that was one way you could say that there's coming a prince. Yeah. Another way of understanding that is, is the Nazarene. Actually, that's a lot of people believe that's where that says he was going to be a Nazarene. Okay, well, that's where they get that is from the word star here. And, and if you will, uh, if you will, uh, the Bible says, And Edom shall be a pos- possession, and Seir also shall be a possession for his enemies, and Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion, and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. Talking about this, he says, you're looking for a prince, you're looking for a star, you're looking for a ruler, he's coming. He's coming, he's coming. Folks, what question did they ask when they got to Herod? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Right there. Study it. Okay? And so if you will, they could have come and they could have said, we've been looking for his star. Why? Because God promised us a star. You know, you said, well, what star were they looking for? I don't know. You know what I do know? They were looking for a star, and when it showed up, they were at the right time at the right place. Amen. Amen. If you will, the Bible talks about here Amalek and Edom and Moab and the children of Sheth. This is a promise that the star would utterly, ultimately defeat the enemies of God's people. And by the way, Israel's kind of losing even today. But folks, there's coming a day they're going to be totally victorious, safe in the land. Praise God for that. These people might be associated with the Queen of Sheba, some people believe. Uh, Look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 42. Matthew 12 and verse 42. I I could show you 2 Chronicles where she came to... Solomon to prove him with hard questions because she was she was trying to understand. He answered all her questions. And then in Matthew chapter 12 again. So I get there myself. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 42, the Bible says this. It says, The queen of the south, it's talking about the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation, shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, her greater than Solomon is here. You know what she did? She came with the truth that she had, and she left with more than she came with. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. You know, this, by the way, this is the part of the world, if you don't know this, that where the Queen of Sheba was. Today, that would be like Yemen. If you guys, have, you guys know Saudi Arabia is here, and then they have two Yemens on the bottom down here. Okay, a lot of people believe that's where Sheba was, okay? And so that would be the southeast. Again, remember how I talked about the southeast? Well, what are they known for? You know what they're known for? They're known for frankincense, and they're known for myrrh, and they're known for gold. Okay? And so why, uh, why, why would we take and think they came from there? Those are the reasons, okay? Why did they come? Maybe... Uh, uh, from a revelation, maybe from a prophecy, amen. The Bible says that they came with these gifts. That's why it makes sense that maybe it was those people. But then they also talk about, if you will, the magi, or if you will, the wise men. You know, go to Daniel chapter 4, and verse 9. I want you to see something here. Daniel 
chapter 4, verse 9. I want you to notice something here. Remember they changed Daniel's name to Belteshazzar, you see that? Okay, it says that in verse 8. And so when it says, O Belteshazzar, this is, a, this is a Gentile Babylonian king calling him the name that he had named him instead of Daniel. But he's talking to Daniel here. And the Bible says, O Belteshazzar, master of the, what's the Bible say? Folks, he was a magi. Not only was he a magi, he was the chief magi. He was in charge of all the magi. That's where that word magician comes from. Okay, it's the word magi. All right. And so, if you will, the Bible tells us that Daniel was the chief of the musicians. Go to chapter 5, look at verse 11. Daniel 5, verse 11. The Bible says, There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. By the way, that's a Babylonian king describing what he understood. Okay, we know there's only one true God. Amen? And the Bible says, And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom... King Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. So you all see that? He was, if you will, the head of the magi, the head of the magicians. Uh, go to chapter 2 and look at verse 40, um, 48. Daniel 2 and verse 48. And the Bible says, Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him... Uh, many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and the chief of the governors, and over all the wise men, all the wise men of Babylon. You all see it? And so, if you will, did they have opportunity to know not just astronomy, okay? They also had opportunity to know the Bible. Amen? And so, if you will, the thing about Daniel is uh, he actually took and gave a time to it. Remember how I told you that if the children of Israel wanted to, they could have counted the date from the prophecy of Daniel and counted it down to the very day that Messiah would present themselves to him. Okay, they could have done that. Why? Because it was given to Daniel. Folks, if Daniel had it, did the wise men have it? Y'all understand? And so you see here, not only did they have the revelation of the stars, okay, which that was their, their where they were comfortable, they also had the revelation of the word of God. That's how that they could show up at the right time and at the right place. And, uh, and so, if you will, uh, these were great powers that were contending at that time. I don't know if you know, but the great enemies of the world at the time was Rome and, oh, it just left me, the Parthians, okay? What we would call Persians at the time of Christ's birth, they were called Parthians, Okay? And these Parthian wise men, at this time, there was great contention between Rome and Parthia. Rome and Parthia. And that's why when uh, a Roman governor, a Roman king, Herod, all of a sudden a whole bunch of Parthians show up and say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? He's sitting there illegitimate on the throne. By the way, what was his response? Remember what he diligently inquired of the wise men? Talk to me. What did he diligently inquire of the wise men? When the star appeared. Okay? And so that's how that we understand, if you will, maybe how long it took him to get there. Now, folks, if you will, the wise men could have been there just lickety-split. Okay? Within 40 days. 
at the very least, okay? Because uh, Joseph and Mary, because Jesus was born there, she would have had to wait for the time of her purification before they could make the sacrifice in the temple. She had to wait 40 days to do that, okay? So they could have lived in Jerusalem for 40 days. They went to a house, if you will, excuse me, in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, okay? And so it's very possible that they were there within that 40 days, okay? Because they went to Bethlehem. Y'all with me? But folks, later, by the time he was two and a half, he was living in Nazareth, okay? He was living in Nazareth. So it's very possible that he arrived there within those first 40 days, okay? They arrived there in the first 40 days to come and to worship him that was born king of the Jews. And why did Herod kill all the male babies two and under? He was going to kill anybody who could take his illegitimate throne. And he knew that they had the power to establish somebody else on that throne because they would have gone to war to do it. Folks, it's kind of like power politics. Who was our great enemy growing up? Russia. Huh? It never was Russia. It was the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union doesn't even exist anymore. And I'm glad you said that because I just said that on purpose. Do our enemies change? Who's our big enemy today, folks? It's not in Russia anymore. Who? Everyone. Nobody wants to say it. It's got to be China. Guys, it's got to be China. Because they are actively attacking us. It's just we're too stupid to say it. But I, I, I will say this. Those politics are changing all the time. Who you fear or who you contend against is changing all the time. Folks, back then it was Parthia and Rome. And that's why this was such a significant event in the history of mankind, apart from the birth of our Savior. And so, if you will, that is not just the Magi and the star, that's not just the timing and the star, but if you will, that is, uh, that is the purpose for the star. Now, uh, one last thing I want you to think about. Go to Matthew chapter 2 and look at verse 9. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 9. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, I want you to know I've read a lot of books, and I've done a lot of study, and I've come to the very confident position that I have absolutely no idea what that means. <laughs> You know how they do know what it means? They followed the star from the east. They said, where should they go? They said, go to Bethlehem. When they got to Bethlehem, they said, there it is. Amen. How'd you get saved? Well, this and this and this and this happened. I, I, I would imagine that if, if we were to tell the story of your salvation, there would be some incidents and events that you didn't even know about took place. Mm -hmm. Amen. And you would take it and you would go, I, I don't know how it happened, but I know this. There was a day. There was a time, there was a place, and I'm just as confident as can be that I met the Savior there that day. And folks, the Bible says they brought those gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they came and they worshipped what, I don't know if they understood it, because I don't know what they understood. But folks, they were worshipping the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And how they got there, I tell you how they got there. God got them there because God's not willing that any should perish. Amen.
And some people get there because, boy, they, it just makes sense. And some people get there because they were convicted by a message or a gospel tract or somebody. And, amen. And some of them got there because they tried everything else and they just in one last gasp said, you know what, I'm going to try one more time. By the way, I know enough of the testimonies in this room to know that everybody connects with one of those. Everybody connects with at least one of those. Amen. Meaning what? Well, how many of y'all would go out of your way to witness to one of them wise men? Well, they're too powerful and they're too Persian and they're too this or they're too that and come to find out that God had touched their heart a long time ago. And folks, when nobody in Jerusalem except shepherds showed up to see the Christ child, Amen? And they had been told to be looking, just like these men in the East, and they showed up. Folks, how many of y'all think the woman at the well? Woman at the well? Thankful for the woman at the well? The, the wise men? Y'all thankful for the wise men? And folks, if God can save them, he can save anybody. And if he can use those different means, he can use different means with anybody. I love hearing testimonies because I've seldom, if ever, heard two testimonies that were the same. Why? Because God's just not willing that any should perish. And he's just wanting everybody to be saved. Now, I, I trust everybody here this morning is saved. If you're not, let today be a day of salvation. But how many of you know somebody that people would look at and say, ah, they can't be saved. And maybe you just like ask God to remind you of the woman at the well and those wise men. Let's all stand if you would. Let's all stand if you would. Maybe you just want to come and lift somebody's name before the Lord. There's still time for him, amen. And uh, just uh, pray that the Lord would, uh, would move. We're going to sing number 297, 297. Thank <laughs> you.